there is something that's called la fofole supposedly these are children that died through some horrific accident to where they're demon-like children and they appear in the shape of lights that try to get you to follow them so you'll be lost forever in the swamps yeah when you hear like scraping claws underneath the bed and it moves and uh you can i was so terrified dude i pulled the blanket over my head i could hear whatever it was breathing outside the sheet <laughs> when i was a little gaffer there we got into a car accident hit a moose my mom ended up under the steering wheel of the car and she had a big hand-shaped bruise on her shoulder. It was like somebody pushed her underneath the steering wheel. My mom should have gotten decapitated. The weird part was we hit a moose and we had a moose hanging from the rear view mirror. The only other thing that I could think of would be a bear, but there's no bears in that area either. It's just not the right habitat for them. And when you see that a bear, a bear's gonna move. It's gonna take off for the most part. And this thing just shot and did nothing. This material world that you're told is bound by science and everything else, obviously, obviously science and physics are very important. There is so much more out there that is left to study, that is left to learn about. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Investigation Cryptoparology. Sit back, get relaxed, and crack open your favorite cold beverage as we dive deep into the abyss of what we were told couldn't possibly exist. I'm Will Francis, and you are listening to Investigation Cryptoparology. Tonight, we are going to be talking to Chris Miller from Southern Missouri about a sound that he heard on his property a while back. Here, take a listen. Chris says that the sound was so close as from his porch to his driveway somewhere in between and got awful loud, loud enough that he could feel it in his chest. He says he never got a look at the thing when he ran out to see what it was, but says a friend of his was there as well and also experienced it. Chris also does his sketches of Sasquatch from eyewitnesses that he comes across, and we have posted a couple of those up on the website for you all to enjoy. And the website is www dot investigation dash cryptoparology c-r-y-p-t-o-p-a-r-a-o-l-o-g-y dot com along with his website that you can go to and have any of his sketches put onto any type of apparel or household goods chris is also a professional survival expert and is willing to share and teach a lot of his survival aspects welcome to the show chris thanks for having me well, thanks for being here. Now, uh, as we heard in the intro, there was a uh, really creepy far out sound, but, you know, not far out as, as in it was far away from what you and I talked about before. It was actually a lot closer, say, between where you're sitting now and the end of the driveway, correct? Yeah, anywhere from 20 to 30 yards away, probably. That's what I had to guess. Wow. That's close. I felt it in my chest. Um, immediately, <clears throat> I stood up. 
I'm like, what am I going to do? And I thought, well, I'll just, uh, I got to know what this is. I don't care if it kills me. So I stepped out there and I could hear my, my heartbeat, wham, wham, wham in my ears. And I'd never had that happen before. So Man. it got me pretty good. Uh, stuck with me, gave me, uh, like PTSD type symptoms for probably, oh, I don't know, probably eight months. So that's why I started, uh, started drawing and, you know, maybe I could help somebody else give them a heads up to where they knew what they were, uh, what they were looking for. Uh, if they heard something anyway. So. <clears throat> well, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's good that you did, right? You know, I'm, I'm glad I, I'm glad I did because it kind of got me out of my comfort zone. Uh, it got me over my fear of tech a little bit. So here I am, you know, as much as I hate technology, um, kind of got me out of that. Um, I've drawn quite a bit since then, hoping to spread the word. Um, you know, if somebody's seen something, maybe I can help them, uh, get over it. Um, I'll tell you what, when I walk to the end of my uh, sidewalk, see my cat all uh, scared and to have him go missing that night, that that kind of solidified it for me. And then when my buddy heard it, that definitely solidified it for me. If it was just me, I think I could have gotten over it. But knowing that my buddy heard it, too, the night before deer season, no, and no, nobody out here would be out here messing around right. the night before deer season. So that's so the what, one time. So, what was your first impression of what you think, what you thought it might have been when you first heard it? You know, when I thought when I first heard it, I thought maybe it was an owl. Uh, that was about the only thing I could think of because it was at night. It's about twelve thirty at night, and uh, <clears throat> I mean, it just starts off like. It just built. So, uh, I've never heard anything like that. I've run it by hundreds of people now, and nobody, no one I've talked to, no one I've run it by, no one can tell me what they think it is. So, everybody thinks they know until they hear it. And then they, man, I don't know what that was, and they took off. Well, I've actually heard a sound really similar in, in the woods myself. I used to be an, av an avid outdoor woodsman. Uh, and, and it wasn't the, you know, my sightings or anything that turned me off of the woods. I, you know, I've got bad back, bad legs, bad knees, everything. I can't do a lot of hiking around, jumping over logs, anything like I used to when I was younger. You, you know, you may not find me for a while if I do, if I fall over a log. But uh, I've actually heard that sound, uh, and there's uh, quite a few other people that I know that's in the podcast world that have that have actually heard that sound. And I mean, you're on to something, and, and for it to be that close, and I mean, you know, you showed me how you know exactly how close from the house to the mm -hmm. end of the driveway that it actually is. Yeah, so yeah, that was pretty close. So I mean, and for you. And to have somebody else there with you, so you had a, a second witness, and you both heard it, and I've heard it, and you know many others have heard it. Yeah, you've you've got a Sasquatch running around your property, man. Most you know definitely. what's interesting? It was at twelve thirty at night when I heard it. 
So in my mind, I need to prove what I heard or try to get it on recording or something because I didn't. That wasn't my recording that you heard. Right, that right, the, right, right, right. That was the one I found on YouTube, and uh, that took months to find. Um, so I thought in my bright idea, I'm like, well, I'll just stay up at night. I'll stay up at night. Uh, you know, I'll sleep during the day, and I can maybe record it. Well, a whole year goes by, and I don't hear it again. I've only heard it twice, and then my buddy heard it once. So that's the three times total on mm-hmm. this property. It skipped a whole year. Nobody heard it, you know, that I know of. Um, all the same plants are growing here, all the same animals, all that same stuff. Yeah. So I couldn't figure out why it would not be here the next year. Um, yeah. Well, <clears throat> you know, we uh, the last time we talked, we talked a lot about, you know, the things that you do and the uh, – the you know the survival aspects and stuff like that. I've actually been uh, investigating reports and and going out and actually investigating at the properties, you know, and then my own sightings and things for the last right at thirty plus years. So my first sighting, I was like six years old. I got really interested in it. I read all the books, watched all the movies at that that were available to me at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Legend of Boggy Creek, which was one of my favorites, and then the uh, thing that that uh, in search of it that Leonard Nimoy popped on TV one day with. So, so we, uh, so everybody was introduced to Patty. But you know, I've been actually going out and doing the actual boots on the ground investigation. I don't like calling it researching because there's a lot of bad stigma behind researching researchers. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, they're the self-proclaimed experts. I mean, no, like like Wes Germer says, nobody has one in a garage that we're currently studying, so nobody's really an expert on it. But right. uh, but I did get lucky enough that uh, I started doing when I was younger. I went into the search and rescue field, so I worked for a lot a lot of different SAR teams. I actually ran a couple of SAR teams, and that gave me experience to be able to go deeper and deeper and deeper into the woods to be able to say, okay, now people say they have sightings, you know, within 30 feet of the road. Well, that's possible. It is possible. These things walk around wherever the hell they want to. I mean, they're eight to 10, you know, well say seven to 10 foot tall and 800 to a thousand pounds. I mean, that's like looking at a a bull elephant and telling a bull elephant, you can't go where you want to go. Right. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. So, I started going deeper and deeper and deeper into the woods. And the deeper I went, the more signs it showed up, tree structures, tree breaks, nests. I mean, stuff that we as humans would not create. So. I wasn't going to share this part, but I found an X structure on my property. I'd say probably maybe 30, 40, 50 yards behind my shop. And it's perfect. You know, I mean, it's just as perfect as you can get it. And I believe it's still back there. I don't dare go back there right now because it's Tick City. But um, I took my son back there. And like I was telling you before, I never have uh, really liked carrying binoculars with me. But I went ahead and I carried some binoculars with me, put them up to my eyes. Didn't even bother focusing them. They were right in focus. And I saw what looked like a head behind mm-hmm. behind a log 
like a tree that had fallen over. Well, I got to thinking later, I'm like, there's no, you know, white oak trees falling, falling down back there. Why in the world would I have seen that? So that's kind of the weird part about that one that I still can't put together. Cause I went back there within a day or two. Um, I think it was the next day and I didn't see any trees laid over. Um, so that one always kind of, I can't, I can't really say for sure. That's what I saw, but through binoculars, that's what it looked like. And I said, what the hell is that? And my son said, what is it, daddy? He heard, he heard the concern in my voice. Cause I don't normally, right. you know, talk like that and stuff. Well, do you know the correlation between the X structure and where you're standing and on the other side? Not really for sure. Um, it is kind of alongside a highway. Uh, the way I'm, you know, the way I'm looking, I'm actually sitting in the spot right now where I heard the noise. So, uh, you know, there's a highway. You can probably hear it. There's cars going by yeah. right now. Five o'clock is, you know, rush hour rush around right. here. But, uh, you know, we're out in the country, and uh, it's not that far into the wood line. I'd say it's only maybe like 30, 40 yards in the wood line. I found a few other stick structures uh, that don't appear to be natural. Uh, you know, on my channel, I kind of went through and I put a few of them. Uh, I put a few of the pictures in real form uh, mm. along with some of my drawings and stuff, and it kept me out of the woods there for a little while, but uh, last year I went ahead and I said, I got to get over this. So I went I went deer hunting by myself, you know, got my biggest buck by myself. So I was proud of that, you know, just getting over the fear and uh, pretty proud of that. Like he's a eight pointer. Nice. Well, from uh, and, and I'm gonna get a lot of flack for mentioning this name, but I don't care because you know I've talked to the man personally on the phone, and you mm -hmm. know, like like me and you were talking, I was actually on the phone with him the day before he uh, he got raided. So, uh, the correlation with with the stick structure and depending on what side of it you're on, if uh -huh. you're on your property side, that's your property, right? I mean, even though your property runs way back into the woods, that's still you know as a human, that's your property. Yeah. And then you come up to an X structure like that in the woods. That's a barrier saying don't don't cross, don't go any further because on the other side is our property. It's a property. It's a property marker. It literally it literally is. Uh, one of the the first people to realize this was Dr. Grover Cramps. That's not the person I'd get flagged for. the The second person that started talking about it was John Green. Because he found a lot of stick structures, and, and on his side, everything was great. You know, on the Mark Trail side, everything was great. But if you crossed over, that's when you'd start hearing the tree snaps and the trees being pushed down and things like that. And then the person who got a lot of audio footage but not video footage was Todd Standing. There was a video that, that he released. And, I mean, you hear him yelling, saying, hey, get out of here, things like that, because they came in on him at his camp mm. and they were bluff charging and things like that. And when he, as he's standing still with nobody else around, you can hear 
tree structure, not tree structures, but trees being snapped and pushed over. I mean, you know what a large tree sounds like when somebody cuts it down with a chainsaw, right? Mm-hmm. Just imagine hearing that just out of the just out of nowhere in the middle of the night. That would scare the hell out of you. Not long after I heard the no- the noise, uh, my neighbor came over and we were just standing behind my shop, just kind of, I don't know what we were talking about, but all of a sudden there was a baseball, you know, like the baseball whack, you know, that real yeah, yeah. crisp crack noise just out of nowhere and didn't hear any limbs or anything falling. It was just that crack noise. She goes, what was that? And she's lived out here her whole life. And I said, I don't know. I said, some people say that's a Bigfoot. And she kind of, really? Hmm. <laughs> but uh, what? Uh, something to solidify or kind of substantiate what I heard. I recently met a guy who's heard the same noise that I did. And he heard, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, he heard the same noise I did, saw the thing from a distance, and they also had large rocks thrown uh, into the water near them. And I don't know why, but that's something that I've heard a lot of, too, um, is that, you know, kerplunk noise that, you know, it's obviously something had to be launched way out and over and down mm-hmm. to hit the water like that. So I'm not sure what that is, you know, why that ties into it. Okay. Uh, a lot of the sounds and, and things that you hear in the woods uh, for many, many years, people have talked about how, you know, you'd hear uh, either rock clacks where they'd pick up two big rocks. Uh, Ron Moorhead talks about it and smack the rocks together. It's basically, you know, if, it, if there's a group, you know, a family group, which some people do believe that they do uh, travel in family groups. But if there's a group and then there's another group, say, miles and miles away and you're over a canyon, well, that's a lot of echo. So you can smack those rocks together to say, you know, I'm here and wait. And then you get a response and, well, okay, well, the other family group's over there. So now I don't have to worry about them coming through my territory Mm -hmm. because these things can be territorial depending on where you're at in the country. I recently learned, too, that owls make like a rock clacking noise with their beak, which I had no idea they did that until recently. It's like they slammed their beak yeah. shut. And it's not near, I'm sure it's not near as loud as, you know, some of the stuff that's heard, but uh, it, might, it might explain some of it. Oh, I'm sure. I, I really want to get to the bottom of this. And I did not want to call it Bigfoot right out of the gate. It took me a long time to get to where I could even go there. Oh, I, I feel you. And I'm into the subject. I'm into Bigfoot, and I have been for a long, long time, but that scared me. You know, that noise, oh, yeah. nothing's ever scared me. I've heard I've heard things. You know, I had uh, the year before last, I had coyotes surround me all the way around me within maybe 30 yards, and that didn't scare me half. I mean, it didn't even scare me half as bad as that noise did. Well, it's it's normally the unknown that scares us more than the than the known does. Yeah, I can I can say that. Yep. Most definitely. So, how long have you have you been actually uh, doing uh, sketches, not just Sasquatch, but sketches in general? Oh man, I've been drawing my whole life, but 
I really never had time to really put as much time into it as I have recently. Um, let's see. I started the Bigfoot thing uh, October of last year is when I really said, I'm giving it a year. I'm going to give it everything I got. You know, every spare minute I have is going into this just to see. So far, I've given it all away, which at first that wasn't the goal, but I'm, I'm pretty okay with it right now. So I feel good about it. Um, I know, I know I'm adding to, you know, I'm probably flooding the market. I'm probably, you know, frowned upon lately, but you know, as much as I don't like technology and here I am giving it a big old hug. Uh, I just love, <laughs> I love seeing my drawings come to life and then being able to add a voice and give a voice to them is fun. So I'm enjoying it for now. So I hope I can maybe bring a smile to somebody's life. I think right now we could all use it. So most of your, uh, so most of your drawings from what I would uh, gather it is drawings from eyewitness reports. Is that correct? Only a couple of them are actually uh, real. Okay. I've only done a couple of them off of uh, most of that's artistic license. Uh, sometimes I'll look at other people's artwork, you know, to, to get inspired. Sometimes it's just off the top of my head. Uh, there's one where the Bigfoot is actually up to about here kind of in the water. Mm -hmm. That one is off of a uh, actual secondhand. Actually, that's third party. So, you know, okay. I still have yet to have one from a witness describing and helping me critique it. Um, I've only had a few of them where people have said, oh, that's similar to what I saw. So until I get feedback, I'm just kind of shooting in the wind right now. Well, quite a few of the ones that, that you've actually sketched, I've actually, uh, it, they look similar to reports that I've actually, you know, gotten firsthand from witnesses. So, right not far off, not far off at all. Yeah, any feedback from anybody at any time does not hurt my feelings. I wanted to be able to get as close to as possible. But so, uh, so, so you've also got a, uh, what you call it, art of survival. That's, that's kind of what I'm shooting towards. Um, what I really like to do is, uh, I want to share survival tips because, um, that's my passion. I grew up in foster care. I always thought that I'd have to run away. And so I learned just for the last 30 years, I've just kind of amassed and, uh, just read books and YouTube and it's all, you know, most of it's right there. And, you know, I was trying to get over, uh, my fear of tech. Um, my wife just got me this for my birthday recently. It's a, it's kind of a, like a gimbal type thing to where now I'm going to start trying to record myself out in the woods without giving everybody, uh, I still haven't figured <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I, I still haven't even figured this thing out. I mean, just this alone is a little scary to me, but uh, either way, it's I've never even seen anything like this before. So hopefully, I can turn it into something good. 
Well, wait a minute now. You're 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 uh, ex-military. Y'all used a lot of tech, didn't you? Yeah, but it was dummy proof. I mean, it oh, was okay. like, and most of it, you're basically just repeating what you've already been taught. It wasn't like you're not having to think and connect and, you know, nobody gives you the class on any of this stuff. You know, you just got to figure it out. You know, you make a mistake and, you know, hope you don't erase your phone or. Oh, yeah, that's like me with that. That's like me with a new soundboard. I got a new soundboard. So I'm just staring at it right now. I'm like, yeah, there's no real instructions on this thing. So I have to figure it out. Yeah, that's something I've always wanted to play with too. But you now, there again, it's tech. Well, uh, for, you, buddy, for you to continue on this subject, you're going to have to get used to tech. You know, I figured, you know, we've got a limited window. Um, I don't know what everybody's paradigm is, but I've got an interesting look on things and I think it's about to come to a head and I just thought now's the time. Um, on Bigfoot Odyssey, I believe his name Kerry Arnold. I think and so. It wasn't long before he passed away. Um, I heard my noise, so I reached out and uh, he said, hit me up, Chris because he wanted someone to sketch what he saw. So I volunteered and I never really got the opportunity. And it really like, it just kind of ate at me that, you know, it just kind of felt like a sign that I was supposed to get, you know, go down this road. So I started looking it up and I didn't see too many people actually doing it. Hmm. There was a uh, Sibelia Irwin. She was doing it. And I kind of reached out to her and I said, you know, am I going to upset the balance here? And she said, no, there's, there's plenty of, plenty of room for everybody. So I did not set out to do Bigfoot and put it to motion and all the, you know, I didn't set out to do all that. It just kind of morphed into what it is. So, uh, my wife bought me an app and I thought, you know, I better use it. So that's kind of, how AOS <laughs> Sketch Squatch was born. Uh, like I said, I hope I hope it uh, I hope it brings something to somebody's life. I love it. I'm having fun with it. Uh, it's about the most fun I think I've ever had. So now, I'll keep I, it up. And folks, there's actually a, a link to his website on our on uh, the Investigation Cryptoparology website. So if you want to head over there. And it's actually on the AOS page. You look on there and you can see some of his artwork and the uh, link to his uh, website to where you, you go to that website and then you can have any picture that you pick put on anything you pick out. I'm pretty bad about getting my new stuff kind of up uploaded. So I've still got to upload uh, a lot. I have a lot of stuff to upload. Um, if you're wanting to look at any of my stuff, I'd say the best place would probably be uh, probably Facebook. But I've got my personal page and my Sketch Squatch page. That's where it's showcased. So it's open to anybody. Uh, requests are welcome. I'm having fun with those. I just recently got a hard hard one last night that I'm going to try to attempt to do. I do Dog Man. I've done a few other cryptids, but, you know, 
I can do other stuff. I can draw anything. I just decided I'm going to do Bigfoot for a year. So There you go. Well, you never know. I mean, you know, you might get picked up by one of these, uh, you know, hardcore teams that go around and do uh, investigations on people's property and stuff like that. And they want a, and a sketch artist to be there with them. You know, you could say, hey, you know, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. As a kid, I really wanted to be a, oh, like an FBI sketch artist, you know, help catch the bad guy. I mean, I couldn't think of a cooler job and it just didn't really Oh, I don't know. I guess I just kind of lost sight of it. And, uh, yeah, I'm not really sure where I went to, though. Well, life finds a way. I man. thought the infantry. I thought the infantry would teach me a lot of survival skills, and uh, they didn't really. I didn't learn that kind of stuff in there, so that was a little, little uh, sad to learn that. You learn how to not get shot, right? Well, I learned how to shoot. Um, <laughs> but I also, I mean, I knew how to shoot before I joined the Army. So uh, yeah. I learned from an infantry infantry colonel, so uh, Osowski. Mm. He, uh, he taught me how to shoot. So, uh, yeah, I did learn. I mean, I learned a lot of different things in the Army. I only served four. I got out. I was 99 to 03. So I'm part of the no slack. These guys here. Yeah. Uh, good group of guys. We got, uh, uh, I didn't deploy with them. So they went, they went to Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, we lost a few guys over there and that was pretty tough knowing that I should have been with them and I didn't go. Um, I got out on a medical uh, my feet were messed up, so that was kind of long time. I walked around thinking that we'd lost quite a few more guys than what we had, so it's kind of a good thing to start going to the reunions and stuff like that. So yeah. we got a reunion coming up in October, October usually October every year. So this would be my fourth year, I think. Well, that's good. Run by the Corbins, good folks. So, in your uh, travels out and around the property, have you found anything? Huh. Um, yeah, I found a few things. I really don't know if they're connected or not, but I can't help but be. Uh... I didn't. I didn't send you this, but I found a nine pointer. My neighbor told me about it. They were walking their property line, and they kind of looked across, and they saw. I had a, a dead deer on my property. So I walk out there at night for whatever reason. And this thing is head. It had been turned all the way around at least twice. Um, it had been chewed on and ate up pretty good. I've got the pictures of it on my phone somewhere. Um, I might be able to send you those maybe after we get off or something. Yeah. That was pretty. It wasn't hard to harvest the head, you know, and that's not. I'm a legal beagle. I don't want to do anything that's going to cost me my hunting privileges. And uh, so that wasn't anything that I would have done. Uh, I found quite a few dead deer and I don't, the only time I hunt is from November, you know, 12th or whatever for, you know, about 10, 12, 11 days. 
So I don't think, you know, I've never really heard pop shots going off around here. I don't think they're people hitting, you know, hitting a deer and then it goes stumbling off or nothing like that. So I'm not sure where these, you know, why these deer turn up dead, but I found two deer and two armadillos within probably about 40 foot of each other, all four of them, just right down the hill from my house. Um, and we had just been in that area uh, recently uh, looking for mushrooms. So I like to go out and hunt for morel mushrooms, chanterelles, a couple other ones. So I have a question for you. So you're Good an avid, so you're an avid, avid hunter. So in your uh, hunting, have you ever come across deer or any other animals to where their legs look like their legs have been twisted? You mean like dead animals? Yeah, dead animals. Like the bones like actually it. been twisted and broke. Okay, that is something you just you just reminded me of something. I can walk out there and get it, but I found a leg. There's a uh, I'll just say there's a abandoned schoolyard somewhere on my property. And anyway, I found a look like a possum or maybe like a raccoon leg, and it's broken and it looks like this, you know, kind of stuck back together. Right. It's double thick, and you can tell. I mean, it's like really thick. But I found that, and I kind of have that in my cool rock pile over there. But uh, other than that, I can't think of anything other than that deer, which is pretty, that's pretty compelling. Yeah, there's a lot of hunters that have actually come forward within the last couple of years and told of uh, skeletons that they found or carcasses that they found, and, the, and either the front legs or the back legs would be twisted, you know, a, a break from a twist. So the mm. bone itself, the the human bone or an animal bone will actually give so far before it actually breaks. So right. say uh, you find a leg, from, well, a leg bone from a skeleton or on a skeleton or on a carcass. Carcass would be better because it's still more or less a fresh bone. And to where the, the top of the bone and the bottom of the bone is, they're supposed to match up. But it, but they would be cockeyed, like they were twisted, and then there's the break in the middle or the break at the bottom or the top, wherever it broke. And a lot of people are saying, you know, that that Sasquatch will actually do that when they catch a deer. You know, if they don't kill it right away, they'll hobble it, twist, you know, twist the leg, break the back legs where they can't run. Hmm. So if yeah, you make it easier to catch like in the that, future. Oh yeah. Yeah, I can see that. <clears throat> hmm. So you said that uh, things are about to come to a head, right? And you and you have a couple that's of theories how, on that's that. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. Uh, you know, I'm a Bible believer, and uh, I've kind of been waiting for a set of circumstances. And, you know, all those things that I've kind of seen one after another, uh Recently, I got a video of the, uh, uh, I'm going to talk in code for a second, but uh, railway train in the sky, you know, satellites and stuff. Yeah. That's just really, I'll leave it at that. But, 
I don't think that's necessarily a great thing. Um, oh, currencies, you know, trying to go digital and different things like that. You know, if you yeah. look at what the Bible says, is uh, you got the mark of the beast and stuff like that. And uh, I'd say if any time in, in history, it could happen now. So, oh, definitely. That's kind of why I want to share, you know, want to share the things I've amassed in my head. So, well, share it away. Arrowheads to, you know, wild edibles to, you know, finding water and uh, traps and you name it. Just whatever, whatever I consider to be survival, you know. Or people are people are really going to need that kind of information because there's not a lot of people that can survive in the wilderness on their own right now. No, you know, as as much as I as much as I like to think that I know, it would still be difficult for me. You know, and I know that, so that's why I, I really feel the the need to. I know that things are being uh, censored and you know stifled, so. Uh, it's a lot harder to find the information than when I found it. I'll just say that. Right. Yeah, there, there there's a lot of uh third party and you know the would we'll just say the powers that be that don't want you to know that you can survive without the electrical grid and everything else. They don't want you to know that that you could collect water in a cistern. There's been several people across the United States have been fined and jailed for collecting rainwater in a cistern. And they weren't relying on the county to provide water for them or the city to provide water for them. So automatically it becomes illegal. Mm-hmm. Well, they may own the land, but they don't own the sky. So they don't own the rain. So, you know, if you want to collect water in a cistern, I mean, you know, first and foremost, check with your county and uh, in your city laws first to make sure you're not going to get a ticket. But, you know, it, it is a sustainable thing. Sorry, I had a phone call come in. Oh, that's fine. Not totally not a big deal. But you know, it's it's a sustainable thing. Uh, and there's a lot of farmers. I mean, there's a lot of farmers that do it, especially here when we don't have enough snowpack in the mountains. There's not enough r- runoff in the rivers. Then you know they can't run their rain birds and things like that, and water the wheat fields or you know hay fields or, or whatever they're growing. So, you know, they literally use what water is available. So, so if it's okay for a farmer and a rancher to do it, why is it not okay for a private citizen to do it? Yeah, I mean, how in the world can that be a thing? You know, we need you to register your garden. Come on. Right? Come on. The land of the free, home of the brave. Come on. So, Or, or the way I like to say, I, the land of the free because of the brave. Well... That's why I joined the army is because I wanted to keep it that way. And I don't need to say too much. I'm very patriotic. Oh, you say what you want to say. As long as it doesn't have anything to do with what happened two years ago, we're good. That's the only thing that the platform says I can't talk about. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Because there's a lot of stigma behind that still right now. So, yeah. 
But yeah, you know, I could I could fully see the government in the future, whether it's the you know federal government or state by state government, saying, okay, well, uh, you know, this happened, so we no longer have, you know, as far as uh, physical currency, we no no longer have it, so everything's digital currency. But you can only buy certain things with digital currency, and you know, if you have your own you know, uh, self-sustaining systems like gardens and things like that because certain, because we can't get certain things anymore because we impose such, such a high tariff on imports. And now nobody's importing things. So, you know, we can't get certain things. So if you're growing certain things, then we're going to have to tax you on it. I can see that coming. Yeah. And to me, it's, there's, I'm a conspiracy theorist, right? Well, in my eyes, that just means I haven't been proven right yet. Uh, haven't been proven wrong either. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you got the all the different uh, animal, what you call it, you know, all that stuff going on, and uh, you know, different other. I have to really. I never thought that I would ever have to choose my words. You know, we live in free speech but uh you ain't gotta choose your words on here well you do because i can already tell uh i'm new to facebook i've only been on there for what maybe five or six years and i know what gets out and what doesn't and i know what's gonna get out before uh before i even go to put it on there i know what's gonna happen and what's not gonna happen so well, that's the difference between Facebook and this podcast, right? Facebook yeah. gets uh, censored. This podcast doesn't. I do not edit anything out. I don't, the, the only thing I do is put the intro in and the outro in, and that's mm-hmm. it. I don't go through and pick out anything you say. What you say is what gets is what gets uploaded to the platform. Well, something I noticed was uh, you know, the algorithms, right? Um. <clears throat> uh, won't get shared as often uh stuff like that that's what i don't like so that's why i really feel the need to to hurry up and do what i'm doing i was kind of hoping when i started that the bigfoot thing would take off and people would just really love my artwork and just kind of it turned into something um october makes a year um it hasn't yet so you know i know that the survival stuff will I was kind of hoping I could do something, you know, a little quicker than, you know, by by now, I guess I should say. But yeah. Well, unfortunately, with the artwork, I mean, it's just like I'm also an artist and, I, and um, a, a lot of my art can be found on Facebook and other places. But with the creation of AI now you can, instead of coming to somebody like me or somebody like you and say, Hey, I want this. They can just pick up an AI app and just instant right then. Yeah. It doesn't see things like we do though. Right. You know, I, I have every <laughs> artist I know, they have their own technique. They have their own eyeball and their own thoughts and feelings and, you know, skill level. So, yeah, but it, it it really has more to do with the I want it now mindset. People when it's they ask for things like that. Yeah. 
But when they it's want something, they want like it that. right now. So AI will give it to them right now. And yeah, but it'll free, give it to so. them with six fingers and six <laughs> fingers and three three limbs and yeah, <laughs> two heads and you know all the stuff a, a third grader knows. You know that's not right. <laughs> hey, I went to school with a girl that had two thumbs. So, <laughs> hey, I got a couple of friends that have four nipples. So, yeah, best guys you'd ever know, too. Is what it is. Yeah, I was about to say. I, I'm sure I know a few guys that, you know, they don't have quite the appendages, but they're they're stand up guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, me, myself, I was never in the military, but I work, I, I, uh, I work for John Q. Government, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I was never, you know, in, in any of the branches or anything like that. But most times I was attached to those branches. So, well, you can pr pretty much figure out what I'm talking about and we'll leave it from the, we'll leave it at that. Mm -hmm. have you uh have you recently seen i think it was today that i saw on facebook it was uh an air force uh map that acknowledged uh bigfoot as being one of the wildlife that uh uh i believe it was like washington or oregon or something like that really mm -hmm. and the guy actually films it and it's not edited it's all one uh you know, you could tell he didn't edit anything in or out. Just one filming, I guess you'd say. I don't know. I don't know the right term. So the Air Force is acknowledging it. And back in the day, back in the 60s, the uh, Army Corps of Engineers actually acknowledged it. I'm aware of that one. I believe yep. this one was from 70s, like 77, I think. I was born in 81 and I just turned 42. So, you know, that's a good long time, you know, good long time ago. Oh, you're still young. Hmm. Uh, some days I feel that way. Some days I feel a little older. They say every year you're in the infantry is like putting four or five on your body. So, oh, I can believe probably, it. Probably pushing 55, I guess. Yeah, I've seen some, uh, pretty horrific shit and seen some really amazing shit that you guys have done. Well, my group, we, uh, being infantry, we were air assault. So we jumped out of helicopters on a rope, you know, with our pack and yeah, it's pretty cool. We were the airborne, you know, from way back when, but, uh, you know, you got your airborne that jumps out of, you know, C-130s. And then you yeah. got your airborne that jumps out of helicopters. So uh, we were the glider, the glider unit. You know, now it's the jumping out of helicopters. And then there's a fast rope where they grab onto the rope and mm -hmm. glide down. It's just pretty amazing some of the things that uh, our military's got. Well, I wish my body hadn't been as, as beat up as it was, you know, from from high school and doing dumb shit. And I could have actually got into the military. I mean, I tried several times and every time they did a medical, they were like, nope, not <laughs> happening. Not today. And then, uh, you know, I, I got tied in with, with who I actually got tied in with. And 
they're like, well, it's not military, but you'll see some of the, you'll see some of the same places and you'll see some of the same things. And, you know, you'll help out where, you know, where, where you can and should help out. And then, uh, you know, there's certain things you won't be able to do, but there's a lot of things that you will be able to do that not even the, the infantrymen or anybody else will be allowed to go and do. So, yeah, you know, I could say it was fun, but I'd be lying out my ass. <laughs> we had to we had to ruck twelve miles within three hours was a standard. You know, and the best I ever did it was two hours and fifty one minutes. And that's not, I mean, it's not bad, but I knew guys that did it way faster than me. But do as uh, many push-ups as you can in a minute, as many sit-ups as you can in a minute, and run two miles as fast as you can. Uh, max score is 300. I got a 340, so I was pretty proud of that. Oh, yeah. Congrats. I think I did. 91 push-ups, uh, 89 sit-ups, and then 1221 on my tube miler. So that was a long time ago. No, yeah, I could I could do all kind of shit in my twenties now. You try to I try to do that now, and it'd be like my, my brain's going, "Yeah, you got this, you got this." My body's like, "Trap, fat boy, and I'll kill you." <laughs> <clears throat> um. You know, if anybody if anybody has, you know, seen or heard anything that's just really got them unsettled, uh, my phone number is easy to find. You know, I put it out there and, uh, you know, I, I, I'd be thrilled to just try, just to try, try to draw what they saw. Uh, it's partially for research, partially for therapeutic purposes. Um I just really wanted to nail this subject down since I was a kid. You know, I read, I read every every book in my library at school uh, about the topic just because I wanted to know. I just couldn't believe that there was, you know, there's stories of this thing running around, but yet we still go out in the woods and still go for hikes and you know all that. I'm like, how in the world is that possible? So I just kind of. I've seen a show today and I've, I've seen people mention it on Facebook and I'd heard other podcasters mention it and it's on uh, Amazon prime. It's called don't call me Bigfoot. And oh. it's actually, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he, he was on YouTube for a long time. It's uh Matt Squatch. I don't familiar. I'm not familiar with that one. Well, uh, so the guy was sitting there talking and he said, you know, we, have people that they have witnessed Sasquatch people have come in contact with them, interact with them, things like that. And we never really stopped to think that back in history where all these places got their names, right? They're not really hiding people throughout history have seen them. You know, you've got a, you know, a, like a death Valley or devil mountain. And you I was know, about to say devil dark woods, you know, you, you know, and you get your grandparents telling you, you know, you can hunt on one side of the mountain, but not the other side of the mountain, you know, or don't go down this road at night. There's a reason why they're saying this. Right. Yeah, the, the Indians called them, uh, what, tree devils. Um, I just recently found an ancient uh, painting, and it looks like the looks like the Bigfoot creature, you know, gin or whatever you want to call it, is possibly coming out of a tree. 
Um, I think there's something to that too. Um, I never looked into the whole woo side of Bigfoot. I couldn't go there. I thought it was just, <laughs> and, you know, woo. I couldn't go there, but, um, the more and more I look into it, you know, I'll consider all aspects. Um, you know, if people saw something, who am I to say you didn't see it? You know? Well, I mean, you know, okay. Some, some people call it the woo side. And I've heard a lot of podcasters call it that. And there's a lot of different aspects to it. Now, mm-hmm. if you look at it from a, a biblical standpoint, somewhere, you know, in religion, it talks about the veil that separates us from the oh, other world. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, there's a, a, a lot of mediums and psychics and, and other people that have been talking about this for years. And it's starting to make more and more sense about how the veil keeps getting thinner and thinner and thinner, which is the reason why more people have more experiences with ghosts and things like that and the paranormal. Well, here's an idea that that me and several others have been kicking around for years. You know how you always find like one or two footprints or a whole trackway and they just lead into nowhere. It just disappears, right? Yep. Or somebody sees a Sasquatch and it's blurry. They can see it. And when they see it, it's blurry and they take a picture of it and it's still blurry. Yeah. Well, well, what if Sasquatch is actually, okay. So there's many different planes of existence. We all know that there's a, and there's another word for that. Dimensions, dimensions, alternate dimensions, right? So what if, you know, we're actually in, you know, there's our dimension and then the dimension that Sasquatch is in is theirs and there's a veil right there. Well, that veil is really thin. So every now and then, you know, they step out of the veil and that's when we see them. Yeah. And those, those trackways would be them walking out of, and they don't even know they're doing it. They're walking out of one side of the veil, walking a long distance and then stepping into the other side of the veil. Yeah. I think that, I think that ties into Lots of other areas of paranormal. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, I mean, there's a lot of Sasquatch uh, investigators and researchers out there that try to tie everything that they hear and say into what the Bible says. Well, that the veil is actually biblical. It really is. Mm-hmm. So, so are UFOs because they described UFOs in the Bible. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, you've got. Was it, uh, you got the Nephilim in Genesis 6. Mm-hmm. You've got, uh, I believe it's uh, Jacob and Esau, where his mom has him put goat skins on his forearms. You know, and I know a lot of hairy people, but I don't know anybody that hairy that can right. pass for goat skin. And then you've also got uh, uh, Cain and Abel, where he said, you know, you will be hunted you will be marked and you will be hunted and chased from whatever, wherever you try to inhabit the land. Right. So there's three where it could be. I haven't seen any others, but who knows? You know, there there is the one uh, book. Well, there's, there were, there were many books that were actually removed from the Bible. And we all know that. I mean, look look at the uh, Roman Catholic Bible that had the Maccabees in it. The Maccabees were present up until the late 50s, late 60s, and now now they're no longer present. There was a lot of truth in the Maccabees. Um, there's also the Book of Enoch. Yeah. And that yeah, has been... Die. Right. 
the book of Enoch, the guy who didn't die, guess what? The guy who didn't die has, been, has had movies made about him for a millennia. His name's Cain. It all ties together. Yeah, I do believe certain things. Um, you know, people talk about the, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, oh, it starts with an S. They came in and took took skeletons and stuff like that. Uh, you got uh, me at a loss here. Ah, crud. Smithsonian. <laughs> yeah. The Smithsonian. Well, uh, in Cherokee, North Carolina, the, at the uh, Cherokee Museum in the basement, and residents of the of the uh, reservation could actually go into the basement, look at the archives and things like that. But in the basement, there used to be a nine and a half foot tall skeleton. Well, yeah. long, not tall, but long. And it sat there for years and years and years. And then but, uh, before I actually left the reservation, it, the museum got broke into by quote unquote teenagers and the skeleton disappeared. I seen the size of the, of the bones on this skeleton. There's no way a bunch of teenagers packed this thing off. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you seen the hieroglyphs that show the shows a giant picking up two of those blocks, you know, oh, yeah. at a time. Uh, and then there's also uh, what look like hieroglyphs of like a, a, a giraffe standing next to the thing. Oh, yeah. And they say, oh, that's just a baby giraffe. And it's like, no. No, I'm not buying that. Well, that's just like the Egyptian hieroglyphs of helicopters and airplanes and everything else that have been there for hundreds of you know hundreds of years that we didn't put there, right? Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah, well, timeless. The time itself is cyclical anyway, or cyclical. It it just completely uh, revolves. And for people listening, if you don't believe that, think about the music you listen to. The clothes you wear, everything, every error that has ever happened, it, it comes around again. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I used to think that the colonial times, some of the clothes they wore, I'm like, man, what a weird way to do things. You know, they're wearing wigs with powdered wigs. You know, maybe that was to keep fleas down. Who knows? Uh, keep lice away. Well, yeah, they wear tights with... Uh, you know, basically like shorts tied at the knees with mm -hmm. tight. And I thought, well, you know, I've been thinking about how to stop ticks. You know, right. maybe that was something to do with that. Um, I'm sure it's probably cooler that way. You know, wearing shorts with tights. More than likely, yeah. I could see that. I'm always looking for practical, you know, practical things. Now it was actually outside the colonial times. I think I think it was more you know closer to our time. But then they started wearing the thicker boots that went all the way up to the knee. Well, yep. if you if you're traveling out around rocks and areas like that and, and old uh, blown down trees, you got to worry about rattlesnakes and all that crap. So thorns and what have you. Yep. It, it makes practical sense if you really think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I found a copperhead like maybe summer before last, like 30 feet from my back door. So. Oh, he just wanted to make friends, that's all. Well, he made a friend <laughs> with me. 
<laughs> what do you make a friend with a varmint gun or a shovel? Uh, rake actually. That's oh, how he got his device. Yeah. <laughs> poor guy. Yeah. yeah, poor guy. Could be. I'm a not gonna bruise, bruise my heel on his head. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I got over my fear of snakes is catching them. I decided I was going to catch the next snake I saw, and I've been catching them ever since, but I don't catch the poisonous ones. I think the, the damnedest thing I ever seen with, with somebody catching snakes was, I think I was about 16, 17 years old, and me and my stepdad went fishing at a fishing hole, right? And there, there was this kid that was sitting there with a big coffee can, and, I mean, he was catching catfish like you couldn't believe. Mm -hmm. and, and my and my dad well I'm not my, i'm not gonna say my stepdad because he raised me right so my dad looks at him and goes what are you using for bait you using like uh bait shrimp or chicken livers or what and he said no i'm using these big worms and he opens up this can and it is a can full of baby water moccasins no man <laughs> oh yeah and he'd reach in there and, and grab one and it would be attached to his finger as he pulled it out and i'm sitting there saying and I asked him, I said, how long have you been sitting here doing this? Well, about 30 minutes. And you could just see the sweat pouring off of him and, and how he didn't have any color in his face. I looked at my, I looked at my dad. I said, we need to call an ambulance. I said, because he's, he's been getting tagged a lot by these things. And wow. the babies can't control the venom, right? Yeah, that's what I've a heard. A bite from a baby is worse than a bite from an adult. And we got the, we called 911 and got the, the paramedics down there and they were amazed at all the catfish, and they were also amazed that he was still alive. <laughs> you sure it wasn't like a water snake? Oh, no. It was a water moccasin. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because I know they're similar. and Look like a – look like a – well, they look like – to be honest, they look like baby copperheads. Mm -hmm. But the head wasn't quite as wide. Yeah, I've found lots of, I've got speckled uh, king snakes around here. I got six foot long rat snakes. I found a couple of those. They like going after my chickens. They eat the eggs. Yeah. <clears throat> and we have uh, rattlesnakes out here, blow snakes, hog nose, or pig nose, whichever one you want to call it. That's one I've never seen before. It's a weird-looking creature. They are weird-looking. <laughs> Found a rattlesnake on a golf. Dead, don't they? Oh, yeah. You walk That's up to them. You walk up to them, and they'll, they'll be moving from a distance, and you walk up to it, and it does just like a possum does. You just dead. Flip over you, on his back and stuff. Well, not not so much on his back, more of on, on his side, but uh, my brother actually, we were at the racetrack, and, or dirt track, and we ran up on one, and he poked, he's poking it with a stick. He's like, look, see, it, it's trying to make us believe it's dead. But now when we walk away and and it knows that we're, you know, far enough away, it'll go away. Mm -hmm. And we walked over to, to over to the concession stand, and it was on the concrete walkway. And we got just behind the concession stand and looking around the corner, and it rolled back over and looked around and slithered away. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I actually found a, a rattlesnake on the golf course. That was fun as hell. I went to tee off, and it, it got right in front of the tee. So, not, and so the ball went far right. The rattlesnake went straight ahead. 
Oh. <laughs> I've only come across a rattlesnake one time, and that was on our – we went to Colorado for a little vacation, and we went for a little hike, and we saw these two girls way off in the distance, and I hear them shriek. I'm like, what is it? Oh, it's a snake. Didn't say anything more. It was a rattlesnake. Oh, geez. Yeah. So I kind of distracted the thing, and I told my family and friends. I was like, all right, just go. You know, I'll distract it. And I turned back around, and I lost it. I didn't know where it went. Oh, right. man. That was creepy. Yeah, I've been in uh, places around the world that I, I still refuse to name that I've came up on snakes before, and it's like, you know, you get you get used to the snakes here, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, well, you, you rattlesnakes. You you know, if you hear the rattle, don't go looking for them, right? And I've come up on snakes in other parts of the world. It's like, uh, what am I supposed to do? This thing's standing straight up, and it's looking right at me. Am I supposed to move? Or do, do I, you know, punch at it? Do I run? What do I do? <laughs> Yeah, some of them will spit on you and actually spit venom on you. Yeah, I've heard about that. That's a cobra. I think it's king cobra does that. No, thank you. Uh-uh. And then uh, there's the, uh, let's see, buddy of mine. He was actually in. He was actually in the Congo. I have still have no idea why he was in the Congo. I did not ask questions. We were always told not to ask questions. But uh, he actually came up on a mamba, and it Ooh. wasn't a black mamba. It was, it was what they refer to as a blue mamba, which mm. is a lot more aggressive, and it's territorial as hell. And he said he came. He said when he came up on it, he was thinking, "Okay, what's well, going to be? A, it's going to be like a black mamba, you know? Just don't get near it." He said he was ten feet away from it, and the damn thing charged him. And he said, uh, I unalived it. (laughs) (laughs) Dispatched it. (laughs) Yeah. His exact words were, I unalived it. I'm like, okay. As fast as possible. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I just wanted to, oh, just kind of clarify that, you know, I was into Bigfoot. You know, it's just always been a topic with me. But then when I heard that noise, it just kind of, it changed me quite a bit just because it's, it's unanswered. You know, it's been on the internet for over a year now. Not one person can tell me for sure exactly what I heard. I played it for hundreds of people, same story. So in today's day and age, you could take a song, play it for an app and it'll tell you who, what, when, where, lyrics, everything. But I I still can't do that with this noise yet. So I would love for someone to say, here, here's a here's a video of this critter making that noise, and then I can kind of put it to rest. But well, you'll never get then, that put to rest. Not yet. So unfortunately. Not yet. <clears throat> well, you know. There's nobody ever going to come, you know, out onto a grand stage and go, hey, you know, uh, we know that Bigfoot exists. And there it is, you know, it's acknowledged. I mean, because you got the timber company, the, te- the, the, the timber company would just go 
deep under if, if they would, you know, ever come out. Because if it ever comes out that it exists, just like the silverback gorilla is protected, Sasquatch, you know, there's many hundreds of them out there, but they would still go under a protection. So therefore, the logging industry would go under. And then, you know, uh, national parks would have to close down certain sections of the national parks so they'd lose money. There's, yeah. you know, a, there's a lot of stuff that the government doesn't want to lose. You know, rights Science to things. Books. Right. Science Everything books. would have to be rewritten. But when it does actually uh, become, become accepted, I don't think that, that anybody's going to come out and just say it on a grand stage like that. I think what's going to happen is, is they're going to stop suppressing it. Because when somebody does get a really good video, they always lose it. When they get, when they have, when they pile up lots of good evidence, like Mr. Standing, they get mm-hmm. raided or, uh, Bob or the, uh, or Bob Garrett. Now, Bob Garrett was a man that found a torn up campsite and there were, you know, large footprints all over the campsite. The campsite itself was just destroyed and there was blood, there was blood evidence of the people that were there. Right. Hmm. He found all this, not thinking he told somebody else, and it wasn't long after that, not the state, not, not, not local government, but fe- a federal agency came in, cordoned off the area, and just everything disappeared. That seems like that's the story. Anytime anything like that happens, I mean, even when uh, back in the uh, well, I, I told a story on Sasquatch Chronicles, and he and uh, Wes named it "Dead Men Tell No Tales." I also told it on the Bump Podcast, and then I went in complete, total depth, nothing edited, nothing left out on my show, from the time that we got the call until the time that the authorities showed up. Right now, you know, you you can go on the. Uh, on the website, Amazon Music, it doesn't matter where you go, all major platforms, and just look up the episode Dead Men Tell No Tales and listen to that. Now, when the authorities got there, everything was hush-hush. They weren't telling us anything. They wanted all the uh, film from, well, not film, but the uh, memory cards from the cameras and and all that mess. They wanted all the information, everything that we wrote down, the, the coordinates to all the flags that we put in the ground, everything, everything. They wanted everything. GPS coordinates. They even started asking for our equipment. And I looked at the guy and I said, no, you're not getting this. You didn't pay for this. The county didn't pay for this. I paid for this. You can't have it. You get a, you get a warrant, a, a, you know, a warrant for seizure. That's fine. I'll, I'll hand it to you, but you don't have it. You ain't getting it. But they had these hmm. big ass damn dogs that looked like German shepherds that was bred with something else to where their paws were huge. And they let these dogs trample over everything. They just, I mean, the handler brought them in, took the leashes off the collars and just let them go. And they trampled the entire site. Two weeks later, there was a write-up in the, in the uh, local newspaper. Pack of wolves raid man's camp and kill man. You hmm. ever known a pack of wolves to do that? Because I haven't. No, I have not never heard of that. Well, w- wolves are, I mean, in a full pack, I mean, you know, and you're in their, say you're in their den area or in their kill site area. Yeah, they will attack. But there have never been any 
accounts of wolves just going into a campsite, tearing up the campsite, throwing the tent in the trees. Wolf can't throw a tent in a tree. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, just tearing up the campsite, tearing up the, the, the guy's truck that was right off the trailhead and everything else, and then, you know, killing the guy. Why would a wolf do that? I just found black bear prints, uh, oh, maybe 40 yards away from where I'm sitting right now. Uh, supposedly, we've got mountain lions around here, too. Uh, that's one I've never seen. I hope I don't see. But supposedly, we don't have any black bears around here either. But, you know, that's become a little more normal. We don't yeah. hunt like we, you know, people don't hunt near as much as they used to. And they keep introducing species and different things like that. Well, black bears are sneaky and nosy at the same time. They're freaky. I saw a video of a guy getting stalked by one and it, it was weird. It was like, it, I don't know, it was creepy. Just to see this thing was stalking him, but then it would play like it didn't see him or didn't notice him. But it was yeah. obviously gaining ground, and he's walking backwards and filming this thing. And no, thank you. Go watch the movie Backcountry. Okay, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, there, there there's a couple that, that got uh, stalked by a black bear, and in the end, they ended up dying. But yeah. Okay. But yeah, be, being stalked by an animal in general is kind of freaky. Yeah. Yeah, I found their I found their scat a couple times around my property. We got about thirty six acres, I think. Um, I found rocks flipped over where they were going after, like uh, kind of look like the big wing termite type ant things. Yeah, going after their larvae. I mean, it's a thirty five pound rock that you know, I can flip it over, but to see an animal be able to flip that over is pretty impressive. Mm. Now, when you said that there's mountain lions around there, but uh, you've never seen one or heard one, now immediately the listeners, some of the uh, skeptical listeners are going to go, well, that's what that sound was at the beginning of the episode. But here's the thing. That sound, even though it, it's not particularly his sound, but it's as close as we could get to his sound, yeah, is not a feline sound. Mm -mm. So it starts with a W and ends with a B. It's got a I've heard of, uh, I've heard of, uh, you know, the, oh, what do they call it? The mountain lion, you know, scream. Yeah, it sounds like a woman being murdered. Yeah, it does not sound like what I heard. Mm -mm. Uh, there's a lady a couple houses down. I won't say her name, but she said she saw a mountain lion here. And from what I understand, normally they run off when they see you, whatever. She said this one kind of stared her down. Like, it wasn't scared of her like the all the ones she'd seen out west. So, that kind of gives you the heebie-jeebies. Oh, yeah, to know something, to, to know an animal that's so used to seeing humans is close by. Yeah. It's like, what are you going to do about it? I'm just going to stand right here. Yeah, as long as you stay over there, kitty, you'll be fine. You get any closer, and, yeah. Dispatch mm. away. <laughs> 
I've got a little boy. I got chickens. I got a, I got a few dogs. So, well, I got a German Shepherd since I heard that noise. Um, I think I told you when my buddy heard it, he took my puppy out because he was a puppy at the time. Mm-hmm. And he said the puppy ran towards the door. You know, he knew. I played that noise a couple of times just to see what my animals would do. They kind of freak out when I play it. Well, uh, you know, what made that noise is considered an apex predator. So every time I hear that noise, it gives me like, it gives me goosebumps. Still, it's been, let's see. I heard it in October of 21, I believe, was when I heard it. So here we are almost going into October of 23. So almost two years ago. Mm. And it stuck with me that good. So. Yeah, I'm actually I'm talking to people around here that people are opening up about it. It's it's not such a stigma thing anymore. And, uh, you know. People aren't making fun of each other like they were. Right. There used to be a lot of infighting in the community, and some of that's pretty much died down. Yeah. So as I come up with people, I'm going to have them take me. I really didn't set out to be a researcher. That's not what I was shooting for. But people share their stories with me, and, you know, people want to talk about it, and I'm all about it. I'm still trying to nail what I heard down, so. Right. Well, when you talk to when uh, p- people come to you about stuff like that, and you talk to them, you know, just put it out there and ask them, you know, would you like to tell your story to the world? Yeah. And if they do, yeah. I mean, they don't. I mean, it, it doesn't even have to be an instance of where they contact me. I mean, you could if, if they feel more comfortable with you being there, you could just do it. I mean, yeah. You never know. You may. You may. After this episode or after whatever, you know, if, if we get anybody else on here from uh, your community and you could get a, a message from, from somebody on Facebook one day going, you know, I'm such and such of uh, whatever team. And uh, we have audio of that same sound, you know, or something like that and try to help solidify what you heard. Yeah, my buddy Austin, he's not a I mean, he's an infantry guy, too. And for him to. For him to hear it and to have it kind of get, you know, mess with him. I mean, we hunted opening morning from my shop. So you think about that. Two infantry guys that are not ashamed to say we were scared. That says a whole hell of a lot. Oh, yeah. Well, it's it's an unnatural sound to start with. Yeah. And, I mean, I've, I've seen them. I've personally seen them. And let me tell you, they are unnatural to look at. I mean, uh, the one that I actually seen when I'm uh, me and my uncle John was out hunting when I was uh, like 15, 16 years old. It didn't exactly smile, but it wasn't mm-hmm. baring its teeth either. It just opened its mouth. And when it opened its mouth, it was like its mouth went from ear to ear. Mm. It was It was just unnatural. That's another thing was how I draw them. The app that I use, I had to figure out, it has to see a face. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't register a face, then I can't do it. But I've learned how to kind of, I'll just say manipulate it, but 
some of them are better than others. You know, some of my animations just because, but it's looking for a human face. Right. You know, the app is. So I've got a, I've got another app that I used where let's say I got a dog, man, I'm trying to, I can kind of adjust the mouth where I want, but this other app that I use primarily, it just does it itself. Right. So a lot of people accuse me of, well, it looks too much like a human or it looks too much, you know, some things I can change and some things I can't, but either way. Oh, I mean, you're right. Uh, now we were talking about sounds, uh, and I mentioned Ron Moorhead earlier. Uh, he was the one that did the Sierra sounds. Mm -hmm. Uh, if, if you haven't heard them, go look them up and listen to them. Yeah. They're and, creepy. Oh yeah. They are definitely creepy. And if, if for anybody that's listening that hasn't heard them, go listen to them. I mean, it, it's where a lot of people get the, the, uh, terminology, the samurai chatter, the sounds that you hear is nobody in that camp because you can hear Ron talking in, in into the this little like like two inch microphone that was attached to the recorder that they had, mm -hmm. and you can hear his partner and you know and them talking, but then off in the distance you can hear the Sasquatch talking back and forth to each other. Yeah, that is a weird noise too. Mm -hmm. The fact that that it, that it almost seems like they have a language. You might look up uh, something called Loosh. L O O S H and it's uh I guess people and other things in distress or emotion emotional states we make an energy that some people talk about Bigfoot could potentially use or eat or collect or kind of like a succubus type. And that kind of makes a lot of sense, too. Uh, I mean, because these Bigfoot, they're seen in uh, urban areas. You know, it's like, how many streets and roads did you have to cross over to get to, you know, said neighborhood? Or, uh, you know, I was really going through it when I heard the noise. Right. You know? I mean, it was like uh, the very very interesting time in my life so it kind of ties into maybe either way i've had some i just had to look at it from all angles so i can't rule anything out just yet right but i don't i don't believe that it's you know everything that everybody else does well, i think something in between right that's the tricky that's the tricky thing with the mind right so these people in urban areas that have been thinking that they're that they're seeing a, a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch or whatever in an urban area, it mm. could be like you like what you say. It, it could have been a you know like something paranormal, like a demon or a you know, succubus or an incubus or anything like that, or or a gin or anything like that. Mm. But then again, you know, say they they're into the Bigfoot field and you know they like Bigfoot and they got all this stuff all around their house. Well, when they seen it. That's not what they sing. They sing the succubus or the incubus or whatever, but when they're retelling it, the brain is tricking to the point to where they're remembering something tall and hairy, and that's what the mind allowed them to see because it was so horrific. 
Yeah, I find it interesting that you got Indians, you know, Native Americans that have got 500 different names for something that doesn't exist. Right. Okay. Yeah, you know, I would think that I would think they would know of all people. Well, that, that that's the stories that was passed down to me by my grandfather and and the elders and things, but and just like my grandfather said, you know, you know, we, we have many different names for many different things that today are called uh, cryptids, and that's exactly what he said. Like the uh, giant eagles and things like that that they actually seen in the sky weren't really necessarily an eagle because they found skeletons. They were actually pterodactyls, mm -hmm. but in their known world, only birds were in the sky. They knew nothing about the dinosaurs. Right. Right. So the, uh, what were they called? Uh, oh, look. Thunderbirds. Word. Yeah. The Thunderbirds. They have said science has actually acknowledged that, that the pterodactyl skeletons that have been found in the U S were the Thunderbirds. I have a friend, he swears up and down that he saw one. It was about dusk, uh, and that was in Springfield, Missouri. Said it flew over his house, and, you know, he's not the he's not the first I've heard of. You know, they've got that, you know, elongated thing off the back of their yep. head and like a, like a devil-type tail. Well, he's not the first one. I've heard reports coming out of Texas, out of the Four Corners area. The Four Corners area is, is a creepy area to be in general. There are people, and when I say this, the ones out there who discount this are going to have a field day because there are people out of the Four Corners area that have actually seen centaurs pop up, just, just, just appear that's, and disappear. That's so weird you bring that up. So two of my good friends... The Christians, right? Uh, they, well, I'll just say it like this. One was sleeping, they're twins. One was sleeping, the other one's driving. Uh, he wakes up and he sees his brothers all messed up. He's like, what's wrong with you? He's like, you're not going to believe this, but I saw a centaur running down the side of the road. He said, when we passed it, I looked in the rearview mirror. He said he could see it had red eyes. So uh, I know this guy really well. He's one of my best friends. He's not a liar. He's not fibbing. He saw it. A couple right. years go by. I didn't think anything about it. I Googled it in that area. And sure enough, other people in that area mm -hmm. have seen the exact same thing he did. It's like, what in the world? What is that? You know, tell me what that is. So, well, that's, that's just interesting to bring that up. Right. I mean, that, that would lead back to what I was talking about earlier about the veil. All right. So oh, all, yeah. all these things that we have that, that we have uh, seen throughout history, whether it yep. be sea monsters or whatever, all these other things that we have seen throughout history do not necessarily exist in our timeline, right? But yep. then there's the veil. That's just like uh, sea, uh, sea seafarers, seagoers, and things like that in the old big wooden ships would see this monster just appear out of nowhere in the water and then disappear. Going from one side to the other. Yeah. Now, what happens when that when that veil dissipates altogether? People are gonna freak. Yep. 
then we're going to have an instance like the uh, movie The Mist. When the veil yeah. disappears, there's going to be all kind of weird, crazy looking shit out there that nobody can nobody can describe or figure out. And yeah. <laughs> You know, I used to, as a kid, I used to, uh, being an artist, you know, you always want your art to stand the test of time. So you're walking through these, these museums and you see that they've got cenotars and satyrs and all these, you know, different things carved into rock. Right. And they say, oh, it's, it's mythology. Well, I mean, I get that, but why in the world would they waste their time? Right. You know? carving these things into rock you know they they saw these things you know supposedly those were their you know quote unquote gods you know little little g you know i think you know there's something to it i think it ties in with the you know the fallen angels and what have you right it all ties together and people just don't yep. realize it i mean why I think would... as we go along all those secrets are going to make a lot more sense. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, why, you know, as far as uh, biblical and religion goes, some of the most famous paintings in the world, like the painting on the, on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, yep. why, why, why would there be a UFO painted into that? Oh, that's not what it was. That was this. It's like, come on, man, I got my own eyes, you know. <laughs> I know what a vehicle looks like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. So, was there anything else that you'd like to talk about? You know, I, I, I got to thinking. Um, I've only got a couple stories that were, uh, I'll just call them secondhand. You know, where, you know, I'm an extrovert. I talk to people. You know, and I, don't, I usually don't have a problem talking to a stranger. And, uh, man, if I've talked to you for more than a minute. I've asked, I've asked everybody, you know, have you seen anything you put in your weird category? And people usually tell me, you know, yay or nay. And I've had a few friends tell me a few weird stories. Um, one of my good friends told me a story. He used to work nights, uh, like Walmart shipping or something. And he said he came home and he said a couple street lights down. He said he saw what looked like, football players, which I, I find real interesting, uh, you know, broad shoulder, big mm -hmm. head type. He said that he knew something wasn't right. And the closer he got to them, he knew he was getting closer to said, you know, he's pretty sure they're Bigfoot. Well, he takes a left into his driveway, hops out of his truck, goes in. He left his truck running all night long. And if you know this guy, that's not something he would do. So that scared him. You know, I think he knew what he was seeing, but I think his brain was trying to protect him a little bit. You know, uh, the football player thing. Yeah, yeah. But you see what I'm saying? So that one always stuck out. And then um, I have to be real careful on this one, but uh, someone I know, they were out in uh, California and uh, they were doing some farming out there, and I guess these rocks were kind of flying out of nowhere, and he'd pop up with, you know, hey, why are you throwing rocks? We don't have time for this. And uh, she looks up, hey, I, I didn't throw a rock at you. Well, it happened a couple times. Well, he was sitting there against this tree, 
um, you know, that had happened a few times. And then the very next day, there were three white rocks in a triangle right where he was sitting. That's part of the story. I guess the other part of the story is one of the neighbors woke up to his German shepherd, big monster, 100-pound dog, felt like it had been slammed on the bed. And this dog had been raised to never get on the bed. So that was abnormal. And I guess the guy, when, when he woke up to the dog being on the bed, there were lights reflecting on the walls. And one of his large, uh, what do they call them? The longhorn sheep, uh, longhorn cows with uh, uh, long hair. You know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, one of those, saying, goes, yeah. One of those went missing that night. And this all just within 24, 48 hours, all that. So wow, that, that part of California, you can kind of guess what I'm talking about, but it's very high protected and, you know, people don't mess around there. So, right. Uh, those are some, those are about the two stories that are about the closest that have ever happened to me. Uh, people I know that aren't bullshitters. Mm. I've, I've ran into a few other people that have told me some stories. Uh, one guy was talking about how there's uh they're in some little shack and they, the, something was rattling and shaking the shack while they're in it, which sounds like something I've heard a few times. It's like, why would they do that? Knowing they could just rip open the shack and get to you. But they would rather, you know, shake you up and scare you. So that that kind of adds to the whole fear. Right. Which that's what anyone who ever came across an angel in the Bible, they were shaking in their boots and they were just like stuck. You know, and I think the fear factor has something to do with it. Oh yeah, it's fear of the unknown. You know, like uh, coming through the veil, maybe, you know, like in the movies, you know, you don't touch yourself from another dimension or something because you could cause the problem. Maybe right. it's something like that. Uh, who knows? But, you know, the angels always said, fear not. Fear not. You know, we're here for this reason. So, I don't know. I just see some similarities there. Well, I mean you're not wrong to see the similarities there. I mean, um, that's kind of sort of how my first experience with Sasquatch went, right? Mm -hmm. When I, when I grew up, we, I didn't grow up in a house. It was like a two room shack, literally. And then it, it expanded, you know, over the years, but that's kind of sort of the, the way it went. I mean, we were all sitting in the living room, my mom was reading. I was playing with toys. My dad was talking on this old CB radio he had. And something came up and just smacked the, the, the side of the shack. Well, house, shack, whatever. And then proceeded to stick its face in the window. Oh, man. So, yeah. So, uh, there was no lights on outside, but there's lights on inside. So, I mean, I didn't see it. My dad's seen it. But that was the first experience, and then for you know several nights you know, after that, it would it would always come by, or come to the home, and it would smack the side, and then rub its hand or its shoulder or whatever down the uh, side of the shack, and it was the old uh, cedar 
type sighting. Mm-hmm. Peter Shake sighting, I think it's called. So, I mean, you if you can imagine taking a, a blanket and just rubbing it down a wall, an old uh, wool blanket, how that would sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that happened every night for about a week. And then we were all outside. We were, uh, my dad had just killed a couple deer. He had, you know, cleaned them, did away with the gut pile. And then, you know, we were basically having a cookout. And this thing showed up on the other side of the house. We were on one side. It was on the other side. And it was doing the exact same thing. And my grandfather, being my grandfather, ran around there with, with this, you know, the, the old flashlights with, with almost the orange light. You know how dim those yeah, damn things no were. light at all. Right? Yeah. And he ran around there with a, a muzzle loader and a flashlight. And we heard the muzzle loader go off, and, and then we heard my grandfather go, oh, shit, and then see him come running out from around the house. And my dad said, what happened? He said, well, I seen a stone man. And everybody's like, what's a stone man? Because a bunch of kids, right? Mm-hmm. And my grandfather started explaining it. you know. So, so he said it in Cherokee, Nunyanowit. And they went, uh-uh. And all the kids were running in the house. I mean, two-room shack, 15 people to, to all trying to cram into that the little shack at the same time wasn't working, right? So the next day, you know, my dad asked my grandfather, he's like, so you shot it. Where is it? Well, you could see blood on the ground. You could, you could see the footprints where it was standing because it was dust on that side of the house. And you could see footprints where my grandfather was standing. Nobody. My grandfather said, I shot it. Dead center, center mass. The barrel was mm-hmm. almost touching its chest. He said, and it stepped back, and the pumpkin ball fell to the ground. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Wow. So, you just reminded me of a couple of stories that I forgot about. Remember the guy I told you is my wife's co-worker's uh, father? Yeah, uh, I believe so. I guess, let's see, they went camping. He took me to all these places. He actually showed me. He drove me around to each and every spot. And there's there's some stuff about that area that I don't really want to talk about. But um, long story short, his wife, she was upset because of this creature. And the more upset she got, the more this creature was, like, really getting into it. Like it was really trying to, like it was like it was getting off on her being scared. Um, they saw a footprint where it had jumped from one side of the road to the other in one hop, and they could see where it had landed. Uh, he's the guy that's got the footprint or the handprint on his window, which I've seen that photo. And I'm trying to get back over there so I can get a picture of it. If I if I get back over there and we end up doing something, I'll I'll get in touch with you because he's All got right. some good stories. He's got no he's got no reason to fudge any of this. Right. You know he's seventy something. I think his you know his days are you know his days are you know pretty short, and I think he just wants to you know, get these things off his chest and it's creepy stuff. 
Well, that's the people you want that you really want to talk to because those people have nothing to lose. Yeah, he really doesn't have anything to gain by telling. Right. Yep. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. I hope, that, I hope uh, you know, maybe this is just the beginning of something, but. I'm I'm gonna still work the local people, you know, where I live, and I think people are opening up. You know, people are more willing to talk about the stuff than before. So, um, as I find these areas, you know, this guy I recently found, he told me about these places. I'm gonna try to go to, and you know, I just kind of keep my head on a swivel. Something I wanted to share, too, is I think that uh, the power of Jesus' name stops these things. Uh, whether you're a believer or not, I think it, I think that's what it talks about in the Bible. You know, we drove out devils in your name. And I think that's a good chance that's what it's talking about. So, Because I was scared until someone reminded me. You know, he didn't give us the spirit of fear. He gave us a, uh, a spirit of love, uh, sound mind. So, just thought I'd share that, too. Well, I can agree with that. Everybody's got their own paradigm. <clears throat> That's right. Well, it was good having you on here, Chris. I appreciate you Definitely. having me. I really do. All right, buddy. Well, folks, uh be on the lookout on July 10th, uh, the, the episode, the, uh, the snow cabin two with, uh, Travis Parker. He's the filmmaker that did. Well, he did snow cabin one. If you'd like to see it, it's, it's like 30 minutes long. It's, it's, it's on YouTube, but, uh, he's actually shoot, uh, currently shooting the snow cabin two and here, here in Idaho falls, Idaho. So be on the lookout then for that one. And, we're going to say bye to Chris and have a better, a good day today and a better day tomorrow. Find us online at www.investigation-cryptoparaology.com. That's investigation-cryptoparaology.com. On Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash investigation crypto. On YouTube at www.youtube.com forward slash investigation cryptoparaology. On Instagram at www.instagram.com forward slash investcrypt. That's I N V E S C R Y P T. On TikTok at www.tiktok.com forward slash at investigation cryptopara. You can also find us on all major podcast players and podcast player apps like Amazon Music, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify, and we continue adding new podcast players daily. If you would like to contact us to get on the show or about an encounter, interaction, or experience that you or someone you know has had, you can do, do so by emailing us at will, W-I-L-L, at investigation-cryptoparaology.com. That's investigation-cryptoparaology.com.
P-T-O-P-A-R-A-O-L-O-G-Y.com. Also, I would like to add, if, if you or someone you know is having a hard time with life and feel as if there's just no hope left, there is help. You can call the U.S. National Suicide and Prevention Hotline by dialing 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255 or by texting 741741. If you are a veteran or active duty military, you can call 1-800-273-8255 and then press 1. Because my monsters are real and Mom!